The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, it's Jody Paydar here, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical, and Liz is not with us today, so um, we will have to rock the show without her. Um, but I'm excited today because I have um, a special guest here today who is John Lockhorst, and he is a leadership coach, and he is part of um, Lockhorst Consulting, and he... Um, is really a specialist in change management. And I think there are so many small businesses and industries that really need to, to think about change management and figure out how they're going to change or even if they need to change. So he has a master's in organizational leadership, and he's also an adjunct professor at North Park College in Chicago. So welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Jody. It's good to be with you. So, John, tell me how you got here. Not here physically, but like here in your career. Well, it's kind of a long, circuitous route. I started out in public accounting, spent 18 years in the CPA world, private practice, Minneapolis, Minnesota is where I'm originally, where I'm originally from, and then spent uh, 15 years in the nonprofit world. And that was a combination of a CFO role, and then the rest of it was mostly fundraising. So all on the finance side. But all the way through that, there's been this common thread that uh, I've always had this great interest in organizational and leadership development, uh, watching beyond the numbers, looking at how do organizations function, how do they function well, how do they not function well, who's effective as leaders, who's not, and, and really all the behaviors and the attributes and things that, uh, that go behind that. So after uh, 33 years in that combined business and nonprofit career, decided to venture out and form my own leadership coaching and consulting practice. Wow. <laughs> and so you thought that CPAs needed coaching and consulting, or how did you end up in the CPA space? Well, partially because that's where I came from. And so it was a natural thing where I said, you know, I've walked in those shoes. I know what those pressures are. I know what the challenges are. And uh, I know what the, the dynamics are. And so I thought, you know, I think that's a group that I could really help. And uh, it's also one of those things where, you know, the the CPA is a very technical profession. And oftentimes what what holds us back in terms of our growth, our advancement, whether it's in our own career or our own business, is not so much the technical skills, but the non-technical skills. It's the leadership stuff, communication skills, presentation skills, strategic thinking, how do you build teams, all those things. So... Uh, you know, I like to say that the uh, the CPA brain is mostly a left brain dominant brain, mm-hmm. but all those other things that are getting more and more important all the time really come out of the right side of the brain. Good news is we've got the ability, our brains can change and we can learn and we can grow and we can adapt, uh, but the uh, challenge is that uh, we don't always recognize that we need to do so. And so you think CPAs are coachable? Absolutely. I think uh, CPAs, by and large, are a learning group. We've proven that over the years because we've had to learn all kinds of new accounting and auditing pronouncements. We've had to learn new tax laws. And, you know, our profession is is built on this idea that, you know, we've got to have 40 hours of continuing education every year. So that education and that learning process has always been there. Some have grabbed onto that more so than others. Some see that as just, you know, check the box and get my mandatory CPE out of the way. Others see that as kind of the core, the bare minimum, and go beyond that and really figure out, okay, what do I need to know 
to lead my people, build a team, and really deliver value for my clients and customers as well. Right. And I think that skill set is so important for CPAs because um, a lot of times they're actually helping small businesses as well. And it's really important to think that if you want a CPA who's your strategic advisor and your CPA doesn't look like they're running a very good business, is that the advisor you want, right? That's a really good point, Jody. I think that uh, one of the challenges we have is oftentimes we work in the business, but not on the business. We're so busy serving our clients and taking care of their needs that we neglect our own. And so it's kind of like, you know, that old thing about the shoemaker whose kids didn't have shoes because he was so busy making shoes for everyone else in the community. That can happen with uh, with CPAs as well, where you're so focused on how can I get the work done for my client? And then it's like, oh, well, I still have a business to run as well. It's not just that I'm doing accounting and tax work. I'm also running a business at the same time. Right. So all of these things that you coach could really apply to any business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a, a crossover there across all industries. The the principles there are the same. You know, the, the leadership and the organizational stuff applies every industry, every type of business. There are different nuances, obviously, in each one, but there are some common threads there. And I think sometimes CPAs forget that they're actually running a business because they're like, oh, it's my firm. But is a firm a business? It better be a business. I think uh, one of the challenges we were talking about this before we got on the air is the fact that uh, we don't look often enough into the future and see what the dynamics are and what's changing and CPAs are facing a lot of change right now. We talk about some of the emerging technologies and, and other challenges that are coming our way. If uh, if we think it's business as usual and we're just going to keep doing the debits and credits and you know kicking out tax returns like we always have and, and we're not paying attention to that landscape, that environment that we work in, uh, I think we're in for a rude awakening. So what do you think has been the biggest challenge or the biggest challenge that you see today in the industry that CPAs aren't aware of or that they're they're choosing to stick their heads in the sand about? It's probably hard for me to pick just one, but I Oh no. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll say that uh, it's the it's the lack of strategic thinking. I think is a, is a big part of it. You know, the, the bread and butter of the CPA industry for years has been audit, accounting, and tax work. And a lot of those things are becoming commodities. And we're seeing uh, things like artificial intelligence. Uh, we're seeing the uh, emergence of other technologies that are taking a lot of that work or have the potential to take a lot of that work away. And so if we don't find a way to get beyond some of the transactional stuff and become more of that trusted business advisor to our clients, serve in that advisor role, that coaching role, whatever you want to call it, I think at some point uh, we're going to lose on the value proposition. Right. And I think um, one of the hard things is, is all these technology companies, um, sometimes I think they're trying to scare us into adoption. Do you think that has actually been good for CPAs or bad for CPAs? I think it's a bad thing from the standpoint that, you know, you get that question, is the sky falling? You know, is this for real or is, is the sky falling? You know, we've been around long enough to hear many times over the years, there's going to be a flat tax. Right. And the flat tax is going to wipe out the accounting profession or the flat tax is going to wipe out the, the tax business. And those proposals come up from time to time. There's always something out there, but never come to fruition. You might remember back to, uh, to Y2K and Y2K was another one of those where the sky is falling. And I still remember a client that uh, went to the bank and some firms were actually recommending their clients do this. We didn't do it, but uh, where they went to the, to the bank before December 31st, loaded up on a bunch of cash, had it in a lockbox. And I don't know if they buried it in the backyard or whatever it was, because on January 1st, 2000, everything was going to come to uh, to a head. And uh, we, we passed that one. It was like, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't such a big deal after all. So I think there are things like that where we, we can almost be lulled into a, a sense of complacency. But at the same time, there are technologies that have come and gone. You know, I think about the fax machine. I was telling a story earlier today that uh, 
when uh, the fax machine first came out, my business partner, he couldn't see any reason why we would need a, a fax machine. And as soon as we had, this was during tax season, as soon as we had a client that wanted to fax us their K-1 so we could finish their tax return, it was like, I guess we better go out and get a fax machine. That's one of the challenges I think CPAs have is that we often wait to do something until our clients basically force us to do it. Right. And I don't think that works anymore. We've got to get out on the front side of it and we actually can be the guide. We can be going to our clients and helping them understand the new technologies and all the other changes and and serve as that, you know, that guide along that road rather than being in a reactive position. Right. I mean, one of my mantras is, you know, the world has changed. And I think that sometimes CPAs, because their heads are always down, don't even realize how much the world has changed and how our customers want to interact with us differently. And small business owners are expecting a different experience. And yet the CPA is showing up like they did 20 years ago. And I don't know what the the lifeline of that is going to be, but I don't think it's going to be very much longer because um, it's too easy to switch providers now. Yeah, we hear a lot in virtually any industry, we, we hear about the customer experience. And customers are demanding more all the time in terms of what they get and how fast they get it and what the interaction is. And I think that, uh, you know, we always need to be in tune with what our customers want and what they need. And if, if we're not responsive to that, it is. It's way too easy now for them to just at the drop of a hat switch and go somewhere else. And now our competition, you know, in this, in this industry, our competition isn't just the firm that's down the street. The competition could be a firm all the way across the country or on the other side of the world because with the cloud and you know being able to get on Zoom or Skype or whatever, we're not uh, we're not bound to brick and mortar and geographic location anymore. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that I think I've seen is in my own business is that the relationship that old time CPAs used to think was so important um, has been somewhat replaced by technology. Now, I won't say that it's totally replaced because I do believe that you need a relationship as well as a technology piece to it. However, um, as succession faces the profession, I see um, the next generation not really knowing that that their father's CPA, and so then they're just looking for the person who's meeting them where they are technology-wise. So I, I think our aging profession has a lot to do with it as well. I think technology, in this case, is a tool to further the relationship. Sometimes we think of social media as something that you know, doesn't really have anything to do with our, our work life. And I know that you've leveraged Facebook really well as far as deepening relationships with your clients. And, you know, let's face it, the, uh, the, the newer generations, the Gen Y, the Gen Z, are very plugged into technology. And as much as, uh, you know, some of us who are in the baby boomer generation might at times, you know, scoff at that, the reality is those are all great tools to build relationships and to further relationships and to, to leverage them. One of the things that, that we've seen happen is that the line between you know, our business life and our personal life has gotten a little bit blurry because of that. And there's certainly challenges with, with that, you know, where you're working all the time, potentially. But I think at the same time, you can look at it as, hey, this is a, a way to fuse my business and my personal life and not look at it in you know, a linear sense, but to, to realize that my clients are also my friends. I enjoy the conversations with them. And so is this work? Is this pleasure? Does it make any difference? Right. It's just life. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about changing things up. Stay tuned. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, 
press releases, branded content, and consulting. Visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. And I'm here with John Lockhorst today, and he is actually a leadership coach. And we're talking all about change management. So I'm going to ask you, like, I think the number one question, how do you know when it's time to change? Well, unfortunately, most organizations, probably most individuals, realize that it's uh, time to change when it's too late to do anything about it or they're, they're too far behind to, uh, to catch up. Uh, I think there's a couple of ways that, from a business standpoint. One is it's looking at your competition, looking at the environment that you're in and you're just getting a sense of you know where are we in relationship to our competitors and what are they doing, maybe some of the things that they're doing that we're not doing or areas that they're exploring that uh, you know we haven't dive, taken a dive into yet. Um, I think from a business standpoint, that's, that's a more reactive way. I think the proactive way is to be out there talking to your clients and your customers. When you're talking to your clients and your customers, you've got a much better sense of what they need and what they want. And if you're really smart and you can read between the lines like somebody like Steve Jobs did, you find that they need things that they didn't even realize that they needed. None of us knew that we needed an iPhone, but somehow Steve Jobs did. So I'm a big believer in the, uh, it's the, the jobs to be done theory of innovation which is basically saying, what is the job that my customer is paying me to do? And how do I do that in a way that, you know, it's cost effective, it's efficient time-wise and and all that, but to really drill down. And if we use the example from our CPA world, you know, the individual tax return, what really is the job that our client or our customer is paying us to do? Well, it could be different things for different people. For some, it's you know, they just want to sleep good at night and know that they're not in trouble with the IRS. For others, it's, I want to lower my tax liability. For a lot of them, it's like, this is the, how I get my refund back from the IRS. So that's why they get so frustrated with us when we tell them, oh, sorry, you owe money this year. It's because they think of their paying us as the job of getting my refund back. So I think that's a good way to look for that need to change is seeing what what your customers are talking about and what they're thinking about, what's keeping them up at night, and really 
recognizing, okay, are we serving those needs? Are we getting out ahead of those needs? Are we anticipating them enough to uh, to be able to serve them well? Okay, so now I've decided um, I need to change, right? So now what do I do? Well, that's where the strategic thinking comes in. You start uh, looking at the different options. So going back to the jobs to be done thing, if you're talking in a business standpoint, okay, what are some of those jobs to be done that our clients are either paying us to do right now or they want to pay us to do or they will want us to, to pay us to do in the future and you start thinking strategically about okay what are the different avenues what are the different ways that we can go about it and strategy is all about coming up with different alternatives and figuring out you know what's the the best way to go about it you know what uh, is it going to take in terms of resources what capabilities do we have internally what might we have to go after uh, from an external standpoint so you start forming those alternatives and then ultimately, you know, you as a business owner or your team, your management team is going to have to decide on a course of action. So once you, uh, once you decide on that, it's, uh, it's a matter of getting that buy-in and now you've got the challenge of kind of trickling down that need for change throughout the organization. Right. So, but when I think of like strategic planning, I think of like that golf retreat where they go and they make the five-year plan that then nothing happens to. How is that changing today? Well, strategic planning is not dead, but I would say, not in the traditional sense of the word, but I would say it's incomplete. I think, I like to think in terms of strategic thinking because it's much more dynamic and it's ongoing. It's not something that's tied into a point in time, you know, our annual, yeah, the retreat where you go out and you play golf and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. We really came to get our strategic plan done. You know, what do you want to do? And so many times that ends up being, you know, an exercise of just creating next year's budget and some goals and okay, yeah, this is what we think we might grow over the next few years. And, and it's not really a deep enough dive. So I think that strategic planning process, it, you, if you're trying to get out there five years with the landscape that we're on right now, it, that's very difficult. Things are moving and changing so fast. I think you can certainly have some kind of general idea of where you want to be five years down the road, but I think we really need to back that up into a two to three year time frame and, and really get focused on that. And and out of that, you know, what are those big, hairy, audacious goals, as uh, Jim Collins would say? What uh, what are those things that we want to work on to, to go forward? And then it's not, okay, let's wrap this up in a plan, put it in a three-ring binder, and stick it on the shelf, because we've all seen strategic plans gathering dust on a bookshelf. Right. But how do we make that a more living document and keep that out in front of our team? So I, I believe that no matter what kind of business you're in, what kind of ownership structure you have, you ought to be looking at that strategic plan on, on at least a quarterly basis, you know, at least at a high level going, okay, are we on target? Are we moving in the, the right direction? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think this is really important and it's one of the things that I touch on in my new book that's coming. But I think um, I think a lot of times as leaders, as um, if you're a small business CEO, if you're a managing partner in a firm, you kind of get that piece of it. But then how do you get that strategic planning, that strategic thinking down to your line workers so that they understand that their roles need to be dynamic and not just the same? Because I think they they miss it completely. I think the first thing we have to do is you have to invite them into the process. So we're talking about a, the strategic planning retreat, you know, where you go off and golf. And let's say that's in a CPA firm environment and you've got five partners. And if you just limit the strategic planning and thinking to that golf retreat, then it's going to be pretty hard for you to engage anybody else in the process. But I think once you have a fairly high level idea of where you want to go, where your staff, the people that are you know downstream in the organization can really help you is to start filling in the cracks and to help you see what really is what really is feasible, what's not, what are the things that we're going to need to do in order to go that. So the implementation part of it or the execution part of it, if, uh, if we don't include some of that element as we're forming the plan, we, we run the risk of coming up with a plan that's dead on arrival because right. everybody looks at it and goes, well, that's a great idea, but we have no ability to pull that off. So engage them early in the process and then going back to that quarterly review, bring them into that process as well. One of the things I suggest when it comes to strategic thinking, there are some core questions that you can 
create to, you know, as a strategic thinking exercise. Uh, one of them would be, you know, as an example, would be, you know, what are the emerging technologies that are impacting our industry? Well, that's a question that you could ask every day of the week and you see new things that are happening or new wrinkles. So if you have some of those core questions, and I use about six of them with the, the people that I uh, work with, you can, uh, you can assign those out to people on your team and everybody's got one question and that quarterly meeting, you know, what have you been thinking along these lines? You do that for, you know, maybe you do it for three to six months and then you rotate. So, you know, let's say you have a team of six and you use my six questions. At the end of three months, you rotate. And, you know, after whatever that math works out to, you get uh, everybody has a chance at every, every, every one of those questions. So... I guess then, too, how do you keep everybody accountable to doing this on an ongoing basis? Because people have lives and they have work and they don't want to stay till 10 o'clock at night in the summer working on their strategic plan. It's not tax season. You know, like, how do you how do you build that into your culture so that firms can make these changes that are necessary? In order to build it into the culture, I think you have to build it into the calendar. So I, I really believe that at the beginning of every year, you should work out the calendar and all of these dates should go on the calendar. And I, I use a planning cycle that is, you know, you've got your, you know, call it your annual planning session, which might be a review of the, you know, strategic plan, or it might be tied into that, uh, that golf retreat. But then from there, you have a quarterly offsite, you have a weekly planning cycle where you're kind of going back to, okay, here are the things that we said in that quarterly offsite that are important to us. And, you know, you really want to focus on two or three key initiatives. If you have too long of a list, nothing gets done. In fact, the, the research shows that if you have more than 10 significant goals, you're likely to achieve zero. But if you have two or three, you're likely to achieve two of them. But you're better off dialing down to two or three really specific goals, and and I I like to do it on a quarterly basis. And then from week to week, that's the more tactical thing. It's looking at, okay, what do we need to do this week to make sure that we're making progress on those bigger strategic goals, not just the day-to-day operational stuff. Right, but this is not billable. (laughs) Well, in a profession like the CPA profession, and you can throw others in there, you know, the legal profession is not that different. Uh, engineering, IT firms, you know, right. suffer from that same, what I call the relentless pursuit of billable hours. And so uh, there's that temptation to say, well, I can't bill for it, so I'm not going to do it. And I think that's one of the ways that uh, that CPAs, other professional services firms, get behind the eight ball when it comes to seeing these emerging changes and how are they going to respond is that, we're so tied into, I've got to make that chargeable hour goal. I've got to make that billable time goal. And, uh, and so strategic thinking, creative problem solving, even things like investing in your team, because you can't put it on chargeable time on your timesheet ends up going by the wayside, which that's a whole nother thing about timesheet. I could probably get you going on that one. Yeah, you could, but, but we got to take a quick break. So stay tuned and we will be back on more about changing up your firm or, or learning all about change man- management. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. 
Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit NewVisionCPAGroup.com today for more information. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical. And before we start our next segment, um, I do have to give a quick shout out to Intuit for sponsoring our show and thank them very much um, for being a sponsor of Let's Get Radical. I'm talking to John Lockhorst, who is a leadership coach, and we've been talking all about change and, and how to implement change and strategic thinking in either your small business or your firm. And I've gotten to the point where now... Like, I want to ask John, all right, so I need to change. I figured that one out. So how would you, as a leadership coach, work with someone who wants to change? And if I can't engage you, what should I be looking for in a coach to help me get through these kinds of changes? The process that I would start with is getting a handle on vision. So what is the vision that you have for your firm or for your practice? And this applies whether you're a solo practitioner and you have no staff, it's just you working out of an office by yourself all the way up to, you know, it doesn't matter how large the firm. I think it it really needs to start with vision. Where do you want to be at some point in time down the road? You know, a five-year vision, a 10-year vision, you know, whatever it could be. A lot of firms right now are wrestling with the whole idea do we stay an independent firm or do we try to grow this thing up to a point where we can sell it or we can merge into another practice? Well, there's a lot of different approaches that you're going to take depending on which one of those tracks you, you want to go down. So it's it's good to get a sense. And I, I like to think of uh, a vision as being that, you know, that there at some point out in time and it's that desired, it's that compelling place that you want to be. And uh, not not all vision statements have a time frame to them, but I kind of like to think in those terms because otherwise it's just too nebulous. It's like you don't know where your your landing right. point is going to be. So you know, vision. Do you do you want to be a a big regional firm? Do you want to grow to be uh, you know one of those firms that's got hundreds of employees, or do you want to stay relatively small and stay local? Now, as we said earlier, with the cloud and technology you can serve people anywhere and in, in the in the world but you know geographically do you want to stay tight what are some of the other parts of that you know what are the kinds of services that you might want to uh, deliver what are the kinds of people that you want to hire that you want to have working for you which in some ways that's driven by the kinds of services that you're going to provide so all those things it's it's really getting out there and saying okay if I was to, to close my eyes take a nap and wake up five years from now, what would I want my firm to look like? So once you have that vision in mind, now you've got to get everybody wrapped around it. It's a lot easier if you're a solo practitioner because you only have to convince yourself. If you've got sometimes multiple, that's the hardest person to convince. Well, it is true that the hardest person to lead is is always yourself. But uh, if if you're in a multiple 
partner firm, there's got to be more of a process to that where you get everybody involved in it. And, and I don't just end with the partners either. I think it's good to get some input from the staff as to, okay, if you were to close your eyes and wake up five years from now, what would you want this firm to, to look like? What kind of firm do you want to work in? And uh, once you can wrap your arms around that vision, now you've got a way to start creating you know, some strategy, some goals around how do we get there? And one of the things that uh, you know, I think is a, a real important part of that is you need to figure out who is going to lead you to that desired place. The, uh, the old professional services model of leadership, I think, is, uh, is not serving us well. Because if you think about it, most law firms and accounting firms, traditionally, it's been about getting a consensus of the partners. Well, consensus is okay, but a lot of times, what does that end up being? Well, it's like the lowest common denominator. It's like, okay, what is like the, the biggest risk that we can all agree to? Well, CPAs are pretty risk, risk averse. averse to start with, right? right. <laughs> so, so you already have a bar that's pretty low. And if you're having to, if you're really having to reach the person who's got the lowest risk quotient of everybody in the firm, it's going to be really hard for you to go anywhere. So I, I really believe that in the, in the professional services world, we need to become much more, call it a CEO model, mm-hmm. where you have somebody that takes that role that has the leadership capabilities. It's not, a, it's not a rotation of a title, but it's really who is it that can lead us forward in the future? Who's going to be able to uh, inspire and, and motivate us? Who's going to be able to keep us on track as far as creating that strategy and the goals and, and getting after it. And make some hard decisions. And letting them make some hard decisions. Yeah, and I'm not saying that you you turn every decision over to the CEO. Obviously, there are some things that you're going to need to vote on, on a, with uh, as a group. But I don't think that you continue with the model we've had in the past, which is like every decision goes to the partner team. And, uh, and that makes it really, really hard to go forward. So I think that leadership person and, and that person is uh, is very likely going to need some support. And so that, again, is where my role comes in in the coaching standpoint. It's, you know, making sure that that person stays in tune with, you know, their most important work. Again, might not be the most urgent. It might not be the day-to-day stuff, but that they're pulling away, that they're getting away from the billable hour curse enough to uh, to be strategic and to do those key leadership things. And do CPAs assimilate well to you? I think so. <laughs> I've always enjoyed working with CPAs. I've done uh, speaking for state CPA association conferences. You know, it's interesting, Jody, because I was in the CPA profession for 18 years, was very active in the Minnesota Society where, where I was, uh, you know, that's my home state, uh, serving on committees, got involved in teaching continuing education and, and all that. So I spent a lot of time around CPAs, a lot of friends and enjoyed those relationships. And then when I shifted into the nonprofit world, you know, gradually I kind of lost, I didn't lose touch altogether. I kept mem- membership and an inactive license. So I was in, in tune to some degree, but it was interesting in the last year as I've launched this practice to come back to the profession. And there are some things where it's like, it hasn't changed at all. But then there are other things that's like, everything is changing, everything is changing. And so I think as somebody who's had to reinvent myself or disrupt myself a few times career-wise, uh, I think that gives me some insight because I'm not naturally somebody who's like out there on the edge. My former business partner who's passed away since he would he would laugh if he knew that I was being interviewed on a radio show called Radical. Right. <laughs> and uh, that would not necessarily be a, a, a description of me, but I've been able to do those things. And so I think I can help those CPAs that might have that you know, fear factor or that reluctance, that hesitation to, to know that, you know what, it's okay. It's not going to be perfect. Not everything is going to go well, but you can get to that vision that you have set before you. And why do you think people need coaches in general? I think there's a couple of reasons. One is just like we as CPAs serve as that independent, objective 
accountant and business advisor to our clients. We're able to see things from the outside looking in that many times the clients wouldn't see because they're there every day. They're living it. And when, you know, we come in, you know, maybe it's once a month or once a quarter, whatever the, the you know, frequency of our contact might be, we say things a lot more fresh. And so we're able to give some insight that uh, that they might not have themselves. Same thing is true in a coaching situation. You know, I'm not, I'm not living day to day the life that my client is living. And so I'm not embroiled and engrossed in the daily operational stuff. I'm kind of standing outside of that. And a lot of ways coaching, what we're doing is we're holding the agenda for the client. The client sets the agenda. The client has determined these are my key goals. These are the things that I want to work on. These are behaviors that I want to change or skills I want to develop. And my role as a coach is to make sure that I'm holding that agenda, continually coming back to the client saying, okay, this is the agenda that you have declared that you want to work on. You know, are we making progress on that? and making sure that uh, that we stay on tax. So I, I think that's one. Uh, we all have blind spots and working with a coach oftentimes will reveal that. Uh, a lot of the coaching conversations get into interpersonal relationships and things that are going on you know, within an organization. And once in a while you hear somebody as a coach, they're, they're talking and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know that they realize how they are probably coming across to their direct report or how they might have come across to their boss in that situation. So being able to help navigate those blind spots is another important one. And have you found CPAs receptive to this? Because CPAs are like, I don't want to say they're leaders because I think they are leaders, but um, I would say a little bit more um, reserved and like to say, oh, like you need a coach. Have, Have some of them found that a little offensive or not like, I'll say PC. I don't know what the right word is to acknowledge it. Yeah, I think more than that, Jody, I think CPAs, when it comes to the business stuff, tend to be do-it-yourself practitioners. Right. They don't want to acknowledge that they need help. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, which is really kind of funny because if our clients had that same mindset, we would be out of a job. Right. <laughs> so in reality, what we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help the CPA understand that that outside coach or consultant is serving in a parallel role to what the CPA practitioner is doing for his or her clients. And when you can show some of the parallel benefits there, you start to get a little bit more uh, traction. Right, right. Because I know some of the old school partners that I worked for would have never (laughs) accepted outside help. Well, and back to your comment about <laughs> CPAs being more reserved, that, that is a tricky part is that, uh, you know, the CPA personality is typically one that's more introverted, more detached. We're not as engaging. We're not as self-disclosing. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that I like to use things like assessment tools mm-hmm. where it might be hard to get a CPA to start talking about himself or herself and you know, identifying strengths and struggles and blind spots and things like that. But if you just ask them, hey, can you sit down in front of your computer for 20 minutes and click answers to these questions, all of a sudden now you've got like a 12-page report that creates talking points. And it's always fun because people will tend to open up once they see that on paper. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm like that. Or I don't really see myself that way. Oh, yeah, that could be a problem for me. Wow. So this has really been enlightening for me as well as to why you might need a coach or how you would start um, to think about getting a coach. Um, But we do have to take another quick break. So stay tuned and we'll be back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit NewVisionCPAGroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. 
It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical, and I'm Jody Paydar. And we have had the opportunity to talk to John Lockhorse today, who is a leadership coach, and he actually specializes in CPAs, if you could imagine that. Um, I don't know why I would pick to to specialize in CPAs, but actually he is one, so it's okay. It's all good. Um, And what we're talking about is, you know, change management and leadership and, and how you go through that shift in the transformation in your firm. And before we were briefly talking about um, how we prioritize things and understanding what's the difference between important and urgent. And I thought John had some really cool stuff to say on that. So John, what's the difference between important and urgent? The, the distinction that I make is usually using an example that we can all relate to in the accounting profession. So whether you're a CPA in private industry or you're in a firm where you do payroll for clients, if today is payday and you drop the ball, you're going to hear about it. There is instant accountability. This is a matter of urgency. There is nobody that's going to question the idea that uh, payroll is both important and urgent. So you get instant accountability. No one's going to let that one go by. You're going to be cleaning up. You're going to be picking up the pieces from dropping the ball on that one right away. And uh, you'll probably never be allowed to forget about it. On the other hand, some of the things that we need to focus on are important but not urgent. Go back to the strategic thinking that we were talking about earlier. If you don't pause today for strategic thinking, no one's going to ask you about it at the end of the day. No one's going to ask you about it tomorrow. If you're a CFO in private industry, there's a good chance your CEO isn't going to say anything to you about it next week. It might not be next month. But eventually what's going to happen if you neglect that is some months down the road, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a couple years down the road, something is going to happen and everyone is going to say, why didn't we see that coming? And the reason you didn't see it coming is because you were so deeply involved in the day-to-day operational stuff, so you know, deep in the weeds that you weren't pulling back to see what's going on in the industry, what's going on in the environment around you. So one of the things that I work on a lot with clients is to help them structure their time so that they always have time for those things that are important but not urgent. It might be as simple as you block out time on your calendar. 
Jay Weiner, who's the, uh, the the founder and the CEO of LinkedIn, schedules every day something that he calls nothing time. It's basically like an hour of white space in his calendar. And he says, you know, basically that's his alone time where he's doing strategic thinking, higher order problem solving, and he protects that time on his client uh, his schedule as if it was a, a client or a customer meeting. And I think as CPAs, we need to, to do the same. We need to build that into our calendar on a, a regular basis. Even in a solo consulting practice like mine, I try to make sure I have a couple of blocks every week that I just call strategic thinking. And it's very much about client focus and you know what can I do to bring value to my clients. So that that's a way I would distinguish between the important and urgent. So the other thing I think is important is when you think about hiring an outside consultant or an outside coach to help you through these things, um, how do you how do you get buy-in from the other partners from like a business case scenario, right? Like what do you, what is one of the ways to show the ROI on it to say, hey, look, this is worth the investment in the coach so that, you know, someone will pay for it, right? Because at the end of the day, it's about money. And like if we invest in coaching, what's our return on investment? Yeah, the, the industry and in, in the coaching industry, they'll, they'll cite statistics of anywhere from like 3x to 10x return on, on your coaching dollar. And that's, you know, just kind of in general terms. But I think specifically, what you have to do is you really have to dial into, okay, what are the key problems or the key challenges that we're trying to solve? So let's say there's a firm that has had issues with turnover. Well, there's a cost to turnover. What is that turnover costing us as a firm? And what would we need to do to try to you know, stem the tide of, of turnover? How could we have a coach or a consultant come in and, and help us with that? And you know, really, the question comes down to, okay, what is that turnover costing you? If we could stop that, you could put that money back in your pocket again, and this is what it's gonna cost you for that solution, whether it's a consulting solution or a coaching or maybe it's a training thing. And you can see the relationship between what you invest in that coaching versus what uh, what that problem is. Or maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe it's the fact that the person is in a, you know, maybe you've got a, a partner in a firm that's not doing well enough getting out there and talking to potential business. And so they're not growing like they could. Well, what if we were able to structure your calendar and get some discipline around how you use your time that frees you up to spend five hours a week getting out there doing business development? How much client business could you gain? Well, they might be able to gain $100,000 over the course of a year and spend, you know, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on the coaching. Yeah, it's a pretty good return. That that is a good return. So, John, how do people find out about more about you? How do they contact you? How can they connect with you and and sync up? The best places to find me would be either my website, which is uh, lockhorstconsulting.com, and Lockhorst is L-O-K-H-O-R-S-T, so lockhorstconsulting.com, or you can find my profile on LinkedIn. It's John J O N. And then Lockhorst is L-O-K-H-O-R-S-T. Those would be the best two ways to, to find me. Awesome. This has been a wonderful interview today. I'm so glad that you could join me. And um, you're listening to Let's Get Radical. And reach out to us if you want to sync up, if you want to be on our show, um, both small businesses, people who love small businesses. And, you know, we also love CPAs. So glad talk, for that. <laughs> talk to you next time. Thanks. so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.